Hey everyone, Mark here. Just wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode just before a couple pieces of news about Nate Pearson and Zach Pop came out. So just keep that in mind while you're listening to this episode. Alright, enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 256 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. And we got Jacob back with us after a couple weeks off. Guys, how are you? Doing great, Mark. We got um, less than a week to go. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's just that last week's always the toughest week because you're so close to it. And we're, you know, we're starting to see pitches go deeper into the games. We're starting to see more opening day lineups going out, of course. And Jacob, welcome back for good. And uh, we're here to talk uh, our last episode, I guess, of spring training today. So it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, a little bit of an accidental hiatus here. Um, but yeah, no, I have my calendar. I finally have a paper calendar. I'm, a, you know, a little bit old school and I'm, I have my finger pointed March 30th. Like we are almost there. It's very exciting, and I mean, I've always said this. April is is probably one of the best times to be a sports fan because you have this. You got so many playoffs starting. I'm excited. Like I think this team. I know the league wide projections haven't been as favorable as we are, but I don't care. I think this is going to be a fantastic season, and I just can't wait to get it started. You've been back for less than a minute and already finding a way to bring up the Leafs, even though you didn't say them by name. Impressive. That doesn't count though. Impressive. You never failed to impress <laughs> me, Jacob. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we're really, really close to opening day. We're five days away as we record this. Things are getting exciting in the Blue Jays world. You can sense the momentum picking up. And just yesterday, we had Alec Manoa named as the Blue Jays opening day starter. I don't think this came as a surprise to anyone. The only real debate was between Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman. I guess my question to you guys, are you upset that they didn't pick Kevin Gosman? Do you think... It should have been Kevin Gosman. I'll be honest, my gut was saying Kevin Gosman for a lot of the spring, and that's just because he has the kind of veteran influence. He is the longer-serving guy. He's been around the major leagues longer, and so that's why I thought the Blue Jays were going to pick him, but I don't think there's really a wrong choice either way. And bottom line, a lot of this stuff doesn't matter, right? It's more of a kind of a um, symbolic gesture for opening day starter and ultimately it doesn't actually impact the season that much but I'm curious what you two made of the decision if you thought it was going to be Kevin Gosman if you thought it should have been Kevin Gosman so I know I usually go on a bit of a tangent about hot takes but I'm gonna be honest I don't honestly care who starts opening day and it's not to say that I don't think somebody deserves it like if you were one of the top pitchers Cy Young finalist yeah it makes sense why you get that nod just a, a nice respectable gesture but there's 161 more of those. Like, Alec Manoa is going to make, I don't know, 29, 30 more starts. Like, in my honest opinion, I just, I, it's just game one of the season. Like, if it was game seven, game, you know, some type of playoff implication or like game 162, you have to win. Okay, it makes a little more sense. But at this point, like, when you have a 1A and 1B instead of a 1 and 2 starter, I honestly, I'm, I really don't care that much. Like, it's, it's nice to see it, but. We're going to see Kevin Gosman the next game. We're going to see Alec Manoa the first game. Like, at this point, it's just nice. Like, it's nice to see him open the season, but 
I think I'm looking at the bigger picture, and this whole season is it's going to be a long one. You're going to rely on your three, four, maybe even all five starters for the entire season. And at this point, if if somebody starts game one, if it was at home, I'd be a little bit more into it, like we saw last year with Barrios coming off the or coming straight out of the extension. Um, it was nice. It was like that nice gesture for him. But it's it is what it is, honestly, in my opinion. It, it's just it's nice to see, but at this point, I'm just looking at the whole season. And I know we're going to see all of these pitchers, barring any injuries, which probably shouldn't even have mentioned at this point. But at the, like we're going to see them, and, and that's all I really care about. And it, it it is exciting. I mean, we've had I don't know, kind of some flops in Blue Jay history. Like we saw Stroman, Drew Hutchison. I think Jay Happ threw opening day one time. I think it might have been 2018 or 19. Um, but yeah, like the, I think that I guess the if you're looking at it as bigger picture, like Alec Manoa is probably going to be here long term and it is nice to see him start off his his third season or second full season as the opening day starter but in terms of just the overall season I, I'm happy for him but at the same time I, I like if you're Kevin Gosman I don't think he really cares like he knows he's going to pitch in game two and he knows he's going to pitch a lot and he knows that a he's going to make a lot of money so if he doesn't pitch game one I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal yeah um I think it's easy for us not to care as fans I think as a, it depends on who you ask, obviously, and I think each player is different, but I do think that there's a good number of pitchers that care about that stuff, to be that guy, to be the guy going out on opening day. And you can tell based off of, and of course, if you haven't seen it, go check it out, uh, the video uh, pretty much of the Blue Jays when they revealed to Alec Manoa that he got the nod for opening day, you can tell that he really wanted that start. And I just think that for a pitcher, and depending on who you ask, once again, I think that's important to somebody. So um, for me, I, I understand from a fan perspective, it, it wouldn't matter. And of course it doesn't for us, but I just feel like if I'm a pitcher in there, I definitely, you know, ha- I definitely have that, I guess, you know, just the, um, the excitement or the temptation to, uh, get that nod for opening day. So that's why I think uh, a little bit more on that part for me. Um, I do think the opening day starter should have been Kevin Goswin. That was my original pick as well, uh, Mark, but, um, when you look at it once again, it's a great problem to have. You can't go wrong with either or. So that's why I'm fine with what they did. I just thought if I was, I would have chosen Kevin Gosman personally, but it doesn't matter once again. And it's completely fine because of the situation that you guys said. You have a one-two punch in that starting rotation. And uh, regardless, he's going to be going out the next day anyway. And um, you can't really go wrong in a situation like that. And Alec Manoa, I mean, he has a chance to really cement himself to be a consistent opening day starter from here on out. We haven't really seen that a lot. Over the last couple of years, it's always kind of been somebody else. And of course, it's very common, but Alec Manoa has put himself in a pretty, pretty interesting spot here in a pretty good position to definitely be that guy where it's kind of an automatic every year, opening day, opening day, opening day. And it's really cool with the schedule too, because it lines up um, from opening day and then it also lines up on the home opener. So basically the opening day starter is also going to be starting the home opener. So that's going to be really cool how Alec Manoa is going to go out on Thursday against the Cardinals and then he's going to start at home in a couple of weeks. Um, at Rogers Center. So I think that's a really cool part uh, to the schedule this year and to the meaning of being that opening day starter. But, you know, we we have been very, I would say, not lucky, but we've been we've been very um, what's the proper word to use? We've been very it's just been a, it's been a blast watching Alec Manoa pitch the last couple of years and just seeing how quickly he pretty much went through the minor leagues and how much he's dominated in the major leagues so far right now. And the fact that he's doing that on a consistent basis, or at least he did in his first two years of his career, is very impressive. 
And the fact that he can just cement himself to be that guy, be dominant every every single year, I think that's really cool um, that the Jays pretty much are in a position like that with Alec Manoa. So for me, you, congratulations to Alec Manoa on being that opening day starter, and you got to feel like he's going to be starting um, a, a ton of more, hopefully, uh, throughout the rest of the or throughout the next few years. Of course, um, that, I think that's a really good position to be in for Alec Manoa. And it was just really cool seeing the behind the scenes on that because you can tell that he really wanted it. And he might have had an idea when he went in that office. I'm sure he did. But just for him to, to I guess, to finally hear that he did get it, I think that was really cool to see. And you can, you can see how big his smile was right away uh, when he was told the news. You can't go wrong with either or. We know this rotation uh, is pretty solid, at least for the top three so far and in a couple of wild cards at the back half. But, of course, we have a, a lot of predictions to talk about on Monday, so I guess I'll save it for that. And uh, can't wait here. We got we got less than a week left now. I think we got about it's about five or six days. I think it's five or five days from when we're recording right now. So it should be very fun, and we're almost there. I can't wait. Yeah, echoing everything you guys said. Ultimately, I think Kevin Gosman maybe should have got it, but ultimately, like it's a toss up between one A and one B. And um, I don't know. It seems like Alec Mano is kind of having like a renaissance right now. I think I don't know if this is a push that the Blue Jays are making or that his agent is making, but it seems like he's kind of on the front of a lot of media attention right now, whether intentional or unintentional, because like there's a Sportsnet series, a six-part series that's going to be airing during Blue Jays Central starting on opening day on a, on March 30th. And then they've also, um, there was a profile in Toronto Life that was their cover story for the April edition, and then Uninterrupted was doing some content with Alec Minow, and it, it's all kind of coming out within the same week and in addition to being him being named opening day starter. So I wonder how much of that is kind of this plan to get him front and center and have him become maybe not the face of the Blue Jays, but one of the faces of the Blue Jays. And I think having him be named opening day starter makes sense as part of that push, part of that marketing move. And I think ultimately, as much as you wish this was a pure baseball decision, I think there are other factors involved. I think the fact that, you know, Alec Manoa is this young, energetic, magnetic personality who can really sell people and really get people into the stadium has an element in the decision-making process for who's making this opening day start. And then, of course, who's also making the home opener if things line up that way. So it is cool that he gets a double whammy of both if things do indeed line up that way. Um... Okay, so since we're all in agreement on that, let's move forward to just mention one of the other things that happened this week. Happened yesterday, Jeff Passan was on uh, Sportsnet's Blair and Barker show, and he predicted that the Blue Jays will be going to the World Series, and he also predicted that Kevin Gosman is going to win the AL Cy Young Award this season. I don't want to spoil too much, because as Bryson alluded, we are recording our prediction episode over the next few days, and we'll be releasing it Tuesday after that spring training game, so about 5 p.m. Tuesday. And I know everyone always looks forward to that episode, as we do, so keep an eye out for that. So I don't want to spoil too much of what we're going to say in that episode, but uh, a very bold assertion from Jeff Jeff Passon. Don't reveal whether you agree with it or not, but uh, I'm just curious what your reaction was. Because personally, regardless of what I believe I think it's surprising to see a national baseball guy make that prediction about the Blue Jays at this point because in my mind the national view of the Blue Jays is not there yet I think we're getting close to that point 
but we're not there yet. So I was surprised to see Jeff Passan go out on that. And in terms of Kevin Cosman, I wasn't surprised to hear that. I think he's going to be one of the top pitchers in baseball this year. And I think he's viewed as such on a national level as well. Although some people may forget about him because of, you know, kind of the unlucky ERA FIP splits that we saw last season. But um, yeah, I think that's my thoughts. I'm curious without revealing too much what you guys made of that. I'm, I'll tell you what, it's good. I mean, I'm looking here two days ago, the MLB Instagram account, they put their World Series um, odds. And I mean, the Blue Jays are seventh behind the Astros, uh, the Braves, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, and Padres. So like kind of all of the typical favorites. And then the Phillies um, and Mariners are below them. Uh, and then the Cardinals to round out the, the uh, top 10. But I don't know. I mean, it, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it is nice to see this type of, of recognition. I mean... We've kind of seen this, like, so I know I don't want to compare this too much to other sports, but the Blue Jays are the only Canadian team in the league, and we saw this a lot with the Raptors when they were good, or they're not even that bad now, but, like, when they were top of the league uh, in terms of uh, standings, they just wouldn't really get that recognition, and they, and they just wouldn't get the national games, the Christmas games, and now it's seeing that the Blue Jays are they're at that state where they're going to be good for a long time, hopefully, and... I'm I'm happy with it. I know there's a few Instagram accounts that I follow. There was one, I think it was All Sports News had them at 12th ranking, so not even in the top 10. I mean, that still gets you, I think, a playoff spot. But it is interesting to see the the bit of uh, variety, and especially compared to last year. I think they were ranked second by Major League Baseball, and that might have been it was either right before or right after the Matt Chapman acquisition. And I, I don't know. I think it, I, I'm just happy. I think the Blue Jays have gotten significantly better than last season. And I, I'm just, I'm happy that as a fan of this team, we are starting to get the league-wide rec- recognition that, yeah, this isn't, this isn't just a good team. This is a good team in one of probably the best divisions in all of baseball. And it's looking like they're going to go on a run this year. And I'm not going to spoil it. I like, I really want to spoil it. I'm biting my tongue right now, but I'm, I'm very happy that this team is getting that type of recognition because even if it's inaccurate, it's, I, they're still going to be competitive. And it's nice that the league is recognizing that. Yeah, I feel like last year there was a lot of recognition, though. I mean, there was a lot of, um, I guess, expectations for this team last year, too. And we know how, obviously, the way it ended and pretty much what transpired. So this is a good couple of years now where there has been some hype. But in terms of Jeff Passan, who's basically, you know, in terms of baseball reporters, is like the face of it, and he's doing that and pretty much coming out with that prediction. To me, I wasn't as surprised as you guys were. I mean, definitely a little bit just because, of course, you know, he mentioned Toronto because it does feel like sometimes some, you know, there's a lot of people that love the Yankees and just knowing the division, the Yankees hype. And then of course the Rays are always kind of in there. We're not, again, that's as far as I'm going to go. But all I'm saying is there's, and especially the Yankees, I would say, but like, there's a lot of just hype around them. And the fact that they're not included on that definitely was a little shocking. Of course, the NL with uh, Atlanta, that didn't shock me either. I mean, I feel like the Atlanta Braves are going to be another solid team this year. And of course, they've been solid for the last couple years and won a ring a couple years ago. So it didn't surprise me on that part. But the fact that it actually, he actually said like the Blue Jays definitely was uh, intriguing on that, no matter if anybody agreed with it or not, because I'm sure there's, I'd say maybe a split in terms of people that think, that's fair or reasonable. I mean, there's a couple, or there's another half that don't think you know this team ultimately is good enough to 
win a World Series besides going to the playoffs. So that's all stuff that we're going to pretty much be judging on uh, for the rest of the year. But it's always cool to see these rankings come out and just to see the Jays going to the World Series. I mean, Jacob, he's basically doing what you've done the past couple of years and have <laughs> predicted it. So I don't know if you're going to do it for a third straight year uh, on Monday. We will have You'll have to keep that a secret for us and um, eventually reveal that to us when the time comes. But <laughs> it's very exciting that there's a guy in Jeff Passan with that platform that might have the same prediction as somebody like you, Jacob, for the last couple of years. So I can't wait to see you on that part. But we know that this is going to be a really good team. We know it's going to be a fun year. Uh, this team has the tools to win. So that's why, for me, it wasn't totally shocking that they can definitely get this done or at least have the opportunity to get this done. And I uh, can't wait to read pretty much all the other predictions that he has going on. And, of course, we're all hoping as well for a really big season from Kevin Gosman. And we all know Alec Manoa is going to be good. So it'll be a fun one. For once, Jacob is not the king of hot takes. Jeff Passan beat him to the punch. But, I mean, after Jeff Passan says, I feel like you got to go three for three and predict it again. again 100%. Not trying to 100%. spoil it. I'm not trying to – I don't want to get it out of you in this episode. But I feel like you got to go three for Give three now. time to think about it, yeah. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, you got two days to figure it out before <laughs> we record that episode. So, yeah, it's um, it's fun to think that we're you know we're close to start to get these answers finally. Like we're we're close to the point where we're gonna get some of these questions answered, and all the questions we had of you know opening day starter has been answered. Who's gonna make the bullpen is starting to get answered. These things are a lot of fun. Speaking of who's gonna make the bullpen and what the opening day lineup is going to be, we got a couple questions from our listeners, Joey G is asking what the opening day lineup is. Naden is asking who's going to make the bullpen. Let's start with the opening day lineup because I think yesterday we got a really good idea of what the opening day lineup could look like. And I'm just going to start off by reading to you guys what the lineup was. And I want to see whether you guys think this will be the opening day lineup. So for the Blue Jays, it was... George Springer leading things off in right field. Bo Bichette in the two-hole at shortstop. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first. Brandon Belt in cleanup. DH. Alejandro Kirk at catcher. Dalton Varsho in left. Matt Chapman at third. Whit Merrifield at second. And to round things out, Kevin Kiermaier in center. I think this is going to be the opening day lineup, especially because... It was Alec Manoa on the mound and Alejandro Kirk catching. I think that's probably the biggest variable that we have. But now that we know it's Alec Manoa on the mound on the opening day start against St. Louis, I think this is pretty slam dunk what the opening day lineup is going to be. I'm curious what you two make of it. Well, something we also need to remember is the St. Louis Cardinals announced that Miles Michaelis is going to start, who's a right-handed pitcher. So, and I mean, so yeah, first of all, with Manoa starting, Kirk's going to obviously catch. I think they're going to try and get as many lefties in there as possible. I mean, that's why they, they brought all these guys in. So I I think that, and I was saying this to you guys before we started, the opening day lineup, kind of like with the opening day um, uh, pitcher, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, there's still a lot more games. There's a lot of changes that are going to happen, and whoever starts might not even finish the game. But, yeah, I, you're going to see the obvious ones, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Varsho. Uh, I think Merrifield's going to play more than Espinal and Biggio, but in terms of... Uh, the regulars, like those are the guys, like the core guys, and then you'll see uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. But I think in terms of lefties, yeah, Kiermeyer, Belt, and um, Kiermeyer, Belt, like these guys, they're definitely going to get into that lineup as not necessarily platoon guys, but like guys that 
when you're facing a righty, you're going to put as many lefties in as you can. So, yeah, I think it it's so hard to predict, I think, opening day lineup because there could be things that go on that I don't even want to mention. But in terms of, yeah, you're facing a righty, St. Louis, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they end up throwing out there. And the next day, I think we'll probably see Jansen catch, like, realistically. But that's obviously story for for when the season starts but in terms of the opening day lineup yeah the, the, you're going to get i think as many lefties as you can because at the point at the end of the day this is why they brought in those lefties and and i think it's a good lineup like it's definitely it's more balanced i think than last season and it let's see let's hopefully they start the season one and oh yeah i mean first of all jacob you uh, mentioned Kevin bijou and i guess platoon opportunities oh. you've made progress buddy over the last couple weeks i give you credit for that so thank you very much on that part it's a slow change Better late than never. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, you know what? Like this lineup yesterday that they had going on, it's very like it's definitely almost a slam dunk. This is what you're going to get. So that's basically what you're going to get. Of course, when there's there's a righty on and Brandon Belt's there to hit cleanup. Uh, basically, going back to at the beginning of the spring when we talked about this, I remember it was either for me, it was either Belt or Varsho hitting cleanup just because I like the idea of the cleanup guy being a lefty so you can kind of split it up a little bit and then go back to the righty and then go back to the other lefty. And, and so that's why I like how they're kind of, um, I guess, just fitting them in there and make, you know, mixing them in there. And I don't like that's why I do like that, how it's kind of separated like that with Brandon Belt. So the fact that he's got into games, of course, over the last couple of weeks, he looks healthy. Uh, it, he's going to be ready to go for sure now. And that's why I think that was the last kind of stepping stone, even though we knew Brandon Belt was on the right track. The fact that he got in reps uh, and knock on wood for the last week, as long as he gets out of there healthy, I'm sure that's basically the hope for all these guys. Now it's, he's going to be that cleanup guy uh, on opening day. And he actually, he's had a really decent spring. I thought for uh, what I've seen from him and not just from performance, but in terms of, you know, the way he's running, he's got some power still to a, a couple of um, his extra base hits that he's gotten. So that's why I really like what I've seen um from Brandon Bell and then even from Dalton Varsho, I think over the last couple of days as well, he's starting to heat up a bit. He had a triple yesterday, had a couple a home run a couple of days ago. So these are both of these lefties now are you know ending off spring on a really good note. So that's why I do think that's a really good opportunity for Brandon Bell to be at four. And then of course, basically that platoon role at second base is going to be interesting to see how they all fit that in there. But it's going to be uh, on the combination of all the names that you mentioned there, Jacob, and of course, Kevin Kiermaier at nine. So I do like the, the idea of this lineup being there for opening day. And for me, I understand that it is, you know, who cares uh, to a certain part. But for me, I just... I think of opening day as a holiday. Like, it should be a holiday for us. But anyways, I just think it's very important for game one of that lineup card. So that's why I I look into it a little bit more than you guys do, just because of that fact. But either way, I mean, it's going to be basically... This is the... I guess the idea in terms of your top three uh, of what you're going to see this year, of course, when there's a righty uh, pitching. And then if, when there's a lefty pitching, perhaps Kirk's going to be the cleanup guy or whatever it is. So you, that's kind of what you're going to see. Uh, but depending on when there's a righty or a lefty, your top three, I believe that's going to be, for the most part, I think that's going to be what's going to be set in stone. And then the other spots, of course, as you you work your way down the lineup, there's going to be definitely chances for people to move up or down. I mean, Matt Chapman right now is slated as the seventh hitter. If he has a really good start or whatever, he could possibly move up, right? Especially when there's a lefty pitching as well. So those are going to be kind of things that I guess could change throughout the year. But for me, I like the lineup I saw last night on Friday night uh, to be the opening day lineup next Thursday in St. Louis. Yeah, it seems like a slam dunk to me. And I... I guess what it really signifies is like what the ideal formation for this front office is like in an ideal world where everyone is healthy what does this ball club picture itself as and I think that's what the lineup on opening day is telling us even though 
in most scenarios, it's not going to be practical. You're going to have guys who get banged up or need a day off or, you know, playing righty lefty matchup. And so obviously it's going to change over the course of the season. This is just kind of the ideal formation for the time being with the players the Jays have available of what's going to happen. Um, I mentioned the other question we got from Naden. Who do you think is going to make the bullpen out of spring training? I think, well, I'll let you guys go first on this one. Uh, I think there's kind of six guaranteed names and then two open spots if we're envisioning an eight-man bullpen for the Blue Jays. And I think those six guaranteed, I assume you both also have the same names. So I'm just going to read those off and see what you guys think of those six names and whether you think they're a slam dunk to make the opening day roster. So I've got Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, Eric Swanson, and Trevor Richards as the six who are guaranteed to make the opening day roster. And then we've got two kind of outstanding spots that I think we'll disagree on. I think that's where the conversation will come up. But for me, those six spots are guaranteed. Do you guys agree? Are we agreed on that part of it? Yeah, those six are fine. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got the two outstanding names. Uh, who do you guys think the two spots are going to be filled by? Don't you dare say it. <laughs> you know he's going to. You know he's going Here's to. Here's the problem. I want to, but there are two names that I think are higher up on that chart. Oh, damn it. I really, I really want to. I'm not even going to lie because I want Just this person on it. the team. Go for it. Okay. Here's the thing. You said there's two spots. I think that I want to see Anthony Bass back on uh, on the in the bullpen. Oh, I, I completely want to see... forgot about Anthony Bass. I didn't know for sure Shoot. if he hit him, that I set him or not. That's why I was I didn't want no. to interrupt okay, you. Okay, yeah. so I had their depth chart. I was like, my... you missed someone. Yeah, so to revise my uh, yeah guaranteed list, then there's only one open spot, I guess. If you're going, okay, yeah, I'm, that's unless what, that's what I'm thinking. We could also spot. you could remove Trevor Richards from that if you don't think he's guaranteed to make the opening day roster, but I think well, he is. Mm. I don't so, think he is, honestly. You don't think he is? Mm-mm. It's more than likely, but it's not guaranteed. Okay. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I'll let so you let's go put first. it at six with Anthony Bass replacing Trevor Richards on that guaranteed list. And then you got two open spots, I guess, is what we're debating. My grin has just opened up because if we're going to swap um, Anthony Bass, I think Yimmy Garcia is going to make it, though. Like, I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I missed, that's not yeah, even a conversation. Yeah, no, yeah, he's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was listening to, I think it was the Blue Jays in 30 last night, and they were saying guys like Zach Popperton and uh, Zach Thompson probably are going to start up in uh, AAA. You know I want to say it, and I'm going to say it. Nate Pearson has to make this. Do Look, it. the yes. fact that this guy can just throw 100 easily... We were talking about this last year. The Blue Jays need another hard right-handed thrower, or just hard thrower in general. What did the Orioles have? Felix Bautista. Who did the the uh, Mar- I can't remember off the top of my head, but they had somebody that just blew it by them, um, or at least some. Anyways, but the Blue Jays need that. Jordan Romano can do it. I really do think that they they need somebody else who can do it because if Jordan Romano is your closer, I'm confident in the rest of the bullpen. But who else is going to throw just absolute gas with ease? I think it has to be Nate Pearson. And at the end of the day, look, you got to remember, he came up in 2020. He doesn't have a ton of time left. He has this season, 24, what is it, 2023? Yeah, so he's okay. He's got four more years, including this season, which, yeah, is more than people think. But he's got to get a move on. Like, he was a top prospect for a reason. 
maybe those reasons have diminished. I'm not here to debate that right now, but I think that in terms of what he's able to do, he is surprised, I think. I don't know if surprise is the right word, but he's done, I think, what he needs to do to be able to make this this roster. And I'm not saying he stays for the entire season. Obviously, we know the injury history. We know that command was a bit of an issue, I think, in 2021, where he made two appearances or one, whatever it was, at the start of the season. I think that right now he has to make that roster. And, and maybe people are going to disagree with me, but like put aside the fact that I've just been high on this guy for the past three seasons. I think he has to be that second guy. And then uh, who did I say? Yimmy Garcia has got to be that other one. And I think that it is Yimmy a very Garcia good is not, He's not in this conversation. He's guaranteed. I don't know why there's a question on that. Why yeah. is this a name that you keep bringing up? I swear I heard you miss that name. No, that's why I, I was, said it. I, he he missed Bass. That's it. Yeah. yeah, Bass was the one who I met. Oh, okay, so that's why I was... Okay, Um. yeah, well, I still think that who I said is is probably going to make it. Like, then with Trevor Richards, I guess he kind of fits in as that last spot, but those are, like, the three that I was considering, and I I think that that overall is a... It is a solid bullpen. Like, it... it is it better than last season? It's probably equal, at least. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think that overall it's it's got to be what those guys are, or those, those have to be the guys that make it up. Bryson... You look so disappointed right now. No, like you, you traded Teos Grenaders for Eric Swanson. You better have a better bullpen than last year. So, I, I mean, even entering this year, I think it's better than last year's. For me, this is me. I only think there's one open spot. I think Trevor Richards is a guarantee to get in just because it seems like other than Tim Meza, that's the guy they throw out for when there's lefties hitting. And second of all, we all know the options thing. Why Why would you try and risk that already out of um, out of the spring? I think you got to keep him there just for those reasons in particular. And he's actually had a uh, a decent second half of the spring. He had, he had a really rough start, and then kind of as the spring's gone on, he's gotten a lot better. So that gives us in conflict here with the last spot because Jacob, I'm just curious. Before I, I guess I get into the last spot, if Nate Pearson is in your bullpen and you've let, you've named everybody else, who's your long man? I don't know. I'm. I think that is uh, yet to be decided. But let me just. Okay. I mean, me it could also, be Trevor Richards. It could be, and then here's but the other he point. Hasn't I guess, been used that way in the spring. Yeah. The other thing too is maybe they don't start with the long man. Maybe they go the first weekend without one. I don't know. And then maybe some at some point the following week they make that call. But the the thing we know for sure is Mitch White is starting the year on the I.L. That, I think, is pretty much a guarantee, which, of course, opens up that spot. Because if Mitch White was healthy, for me, that's the guy that's taking that last spot uh, to be the Mm -hmm. long man because I think this bullpen needs a long man. I mean, we talk about our front three for sure in terms of Gosman, Manoa, Bassett. You got a couple wild cards with Barrios and Kikuchi. If things go wrong, you need a guy coming up for multiple innings. I don't think Nate Pearson's that guy unless they want to give him that responsibility. Right now, the way he's been working this spring is majority. It's been uh, just for one inning. And then there's been a couple times, I guess, where they've kind of thrown him out there for a couple other outs. So if that's the case, then I'd be open to Nate Pearson being on that team or in the bullpen. But for me, I still don't see him uh, being a long man. And then that's why I think for me, as much as I want Zach Pop to make it too, I, I just have the same problem with that. So, I, But if, if it's between Pop or Pearson, I want Pop out there to start the year. And if they're going to go in the route of bringing a long man on right out of the gate, and it's not going to be Zach Thompson, we know. It's not going to be, um, I'm just trying to pull up the list here, but it's not going to be any of those names that you mentioned, Pop or uh, Zach Thompson or starting the year, it sounds like, in AAA for sure. And then there you kind of have a little bit of an open spot. I mean, 
You could have thrown it. I guess Drew Hutchison could have been in consideration, but he's got an oblique issue, so he's going to be out of the question or out of the picture for a bit. You know, I think a guy that's also been very – we haven't really spoke to, spoken a lot about him this spring, but he's um, – I don't even think he's allowed to run yet, and that's Jay Jackson. He's done really well so far. Uh, unfortunately, there's there had there would have to be a move to get him on the 40-man roster because he's a non-roster in Vitesse. So I'd, I'd say he probably would be a dark horse in my mind to get to crack the bullpen as a long man because I just I see a bullpen that needs that swing guy. So I don't know if that's something that they're eventually going to address the next week and maybe they just go in, into the weekend with uh, no long man because, of course, you have your best three guys going. So you have a little bit more confidence in your starting rotation to take you uh, deeper into the game. So that's why I'm kind of conflicted here because I, I can see it going either way. But the one thing I'll say is I don't see, in in both of my, I guess, predictions, I don't see a route where Nate Pearson starts opening day in this bullpen. That's just me. Well, see, when I said that I thought a long man was to be decided, that's exactly what I meant. Like, I don't, I don't think that if you don't have one opening day or opening series, then it's the end of the world. Like, obviously, yes, by the home opener, they have, I think, what is it, like 10 games or whatever, two series, three series before Big then they'll trip, have yeah. that. Yeah, but... I think, and, and this is just wishful thinking, but it's a little bit more justifiable. Like you said, I think that if there's somebody that they want to stretch out, potentially go in the rotation if you need, why not have it be Nate Pearson? No. But, yeah. no. I don't know. It. No, we'll Nate see. Pearson is never starting again, Jacob. It's over. Like, I don't know how many times never, he has to say it. <laughs> for the rest of his career. I don't know. If this season doesn't go just the complete opposite of what we want it to be. Like if he, if basically if it's, it's, it's the opposite of what his career has been, I don't see why they don't give him a chance in the rotation. No, Maybe it's not this no. season, he's only but one in I, this spring. he's made of glass. If he's doing well, you don't touch him. You don't mess with what's happening. I'm, and I, so I don't remember. I don't think we did the podcast back then when Joe Biagini was still a starter, but I, I remember saying, no, put him back in the bullpen. He's better there. He's terrible in the rotation. But I think it's the opposite with Nate Pearson. I think they're going to – look, they're going to give him one more chance. Oh, I'm not man. saying when it is because I don't Doesn't know exactly. Learn. There's going, He's going to have one more chance to start. No. And we'll see how that goes. I'm I, not want saying as, it's I want as many he's opportunities done. as Nate Pearson. He's Hold. done. It's done. He's in the bullpen. You know, I was, I was almost on your side there. I was almost thinking of saying Nate Pearson for the final spot in the bullpen. But after that, I really – he's done. He's in the bullpen for his life. And that's just the result of how he's been pitching. And we've seen his potential as a bullpen guy. I mean, he shut it down in winter ball in, where was he? The Dominican, I think Dominican, he was. Dominican, yeah. Yeah, he shut it down as a reliever. So that's what he's going to be. He's made of glass. The Blue Jays are not going to mess with him. That is his future in Major League Baseball if he has a future in Major League Baseball, which is still an if at this point based on how he's performed. So... Yeah, he's not going back to the rotation. He's not getting stretched out as a long man. He is in the bullpen and a one-inning flame-throwing guy. He is in that role right now for at least the next few years because that's who he is now. And if he finds success in that role, he's stuck there for life because that's what we've seen out of him. Um, I was tempted to say he was the last <laughs> guy in the bullpen, but now I'm not saying it. I don't think the Jays are going to open the season with a long guy. In the bullpen, just to be perfectly honest. So I'm going to go Zach Pop. I really, really want to see him in the majors. I think we had a taste of it last season, but I really think that he is something special for the Blue Jays. Just based on, I mean, we talk about velocity. He has the velocity. We talk about all these things that the Blue Jays need in their bullpen, and he has it. He's young. He's controllable. He's Canadian. 
I really, really, really want to see him in the bullpen. And so I'm going to pick him as my eighth man, I guess, out of the bullpen, since I think all the other seven are locked, at least for Bryson and I, maybe not for Jacob taking Trevor Richards out of the equation. But yeah, I don't think they go with a long guy. I think if they do go with a long guy, it's probably Trent Thornton at this point, unfortunately. Uh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) Okay, but what are the alternatives? We are beyond the... You know what the best course might be that I'm just thinking about now? You just wait for Mitch White to get re- be ready. That's what like, I think. That, yeah, that's, that's what, what I do. That's what I think the Blue Jays are going to do. And like, because yeah, the alternative is Trent Thornton. I think they're going to keep Zach Thompson stretched out fully in a five-day rotation in AAA to have him ready in case anything goes south with a major league rotation. So at that point, it's like, okay, wait for Drew Hutchinson to get healthy. Wait for Mitch White to get healthy. Or put Trent Thornton on the roster. And I don't think that's going to happen. So I think we're opening this season with an eight-man bullpen, no long man. And then we're going to throw Mitch White into the equation when he gets there. Um, but I hope it's Zach Pop. I hope I, I really, really hope Zach Pop is that extra man. Because I'm really, really excited with what he has to offer for this team. And I think we saw a taste of it last year. But I think he can end up being a really key piece for the Blue Jays. Not just in the future, but this season. Um, so that's who I would pick. Uh, I'm curious with us having this conversation, I want to kind of talk tangentially about the depth of the Blue Jays starting pitching, because beyond the starting five, beyond, you know, kind of Brios and Kikuchi at the back end of the rotation, the Blue Jays really don't have much like Mitch White is there. Yes. Drew Hutchinson is there. Yes. Neither of them are healthy right now. Who knows what their performance is going to be like in the regular season. Drew Hutchinson, when he was healthy in spring training, did not seem to have control of it at all. So that kind of leaves us with Zach Thompson as the sixth starter. And that's it for the Blue Jays' depth in the rotation. So, I don't know. That's one of the things that makes me nervous going into the season. As much as we're talking about how the Blue Jays are looking good right now and kind of riding a wave of momentum exiting spring training. The fact that they don't really have anyone reliable in the rotation in AAA, and even Zach Thompson wasn't the greatest this spring, that kind of makes me nervous. It kind of stresses me out to start the season. Well, I mean, I know that this is going to kind of get some eye rolls right now, but Ryu is maybe going to come back, but I can't really count him right now. Like, Okay, but what happens when you have an injury in May? The, no, like, that's Ryu's what I mean. not back until that's what, July, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, well, that's the issue. Is like if this team, like we talk about Pearson being kind of made of glass, this rotation, it can be really good, but it at the same time, it could be made out of glass. Like you lose one of your top two or one of your top three, even if you you, know, you lose any of those, you, any one of those or more, you're kind of, you're going from a top tier rotation to easily mid or below mid tier rotation. And yeah, we just, I think... You just kind of have to hope. And if, if something happens, if you need Mitch White or you need somebody else to come up, you just need to pray that they're good. But I guess one thing is you say Kikuchi's looked very good this spring. So it's not like if you lose, I'm not even going to name names, but you lose somebody. It's not like your fifth starter becomes your fourth starter and you're like, oh crap, he's easily like a sixth or seventh starter or below in, in, in any other organization. So I'm not as worried. And even Barrios after his, his WBC struggles has looked a little bit better. So I'm not as worried, but that being said, you lose somebody in this this rotation, especially with the expectations. Like, you can't afford to throw out somebody who's a coin flip at best to win a game. But 
let's just hope this doesn't happen. We didn't really have many injuries within the top or the the top three, top whatever you want to call it. Last season, there were a few, obviously, Ryu going down. But for the most part, this rotation was healthy. And let's just pray to the Lord that that, uh, that continues because it has the possibility to lead this team, I think, to uh, to at least the playoffs. Yeah, see, for sure, the injuries are always the question in terms of if he goes down, who's the first guy coming up? I even like I I don't even look at that as my first issue. I look at it as it just shows how important Barrios and Kikuchi have to perform, and that's their own performance. But I'm you know not even talking about any sort of injury concern. And you know you think about it, if you say Kikuchi pitched bad this spring, like what like what would have happened? It would have been Zach Thompson maybe. Like it would have been maybe Drew Hutchison, but of course he also got a little hurt. So that's why they'd be in a little. I wouldn't. I don't want to say freaking out, but I think they'd be scrambling a little bit um, if that was the case. So it just proves to you how important both of these guys need to be this year. Of course, Jose Barrios looked a lot better when, on his first start back from the WBC after Pete Walker basically, you know, kind of, you know, talked down. I guess his WBC performance, basically the strategy, that whole thing. But he looked really good. I thought when he pitched a couple of days ago, and we know Kikuchi was. I mean, I think yet yesterday's outing or a couple of days ago on Thursday was pretty much the most strikeouts he's had this spring in an outing. And of course, he wasn't walking a lot of people, so that's what you got to see uh, from those guys. Most likely, Barrios and Kikuchi are going to be pitching in the Kansas City series, which will be the second game or second series of the season, which is also good for them to get going against a team like that. I think that's a really good, I guess, starting point for them. So that's the part where. You have to feel optimistic that they're going to be a lot better than last year, and especially in a guy like Jose Barrios. But other than that, like you talk about it, I think we said this too when we were. It kind of connects to the whole Ricky Tiedman thing that when we were talking about it, basically Ricky Tiedman. Other than him, you don't have a lot, and that's basically what we said uh, at that time. And we don't know when Ricky Tiedman. We it, it's all going to depend in terms of how Kikuchi or Barrios does. If obviously if they're struggling. There might be a little bit of a rush factor, and you might see Ricky Tiedman before you know it or before you originally expected. I mean, that's my, but it just it all depends on how early until he's an available option. And if you're talking right out of the gate, there's no way in my mind that he's an available option right out of the gate. So that's who you have. You have Zach Thompson, which I guess makes sense to why the Jays want to keep him stretched out down in Triple A just in case as kind of like a safety valve. And then of course you have other options there, but there's not a lot, and you know there's. It's really, it's weak. So that's why it's important, of course, for them to stay healthy, which is the obvious answer. And then it's even more important, though, for these guys to perform. And that's why it's just, you get a little you get a little nervous looking at the depth outside of that. And that's why they have to buy time uh, as much as they can um, until, basically, you get those options. Like what you were saying, Jacob, Ryu's going to be an option probably at the end of the summer. As the season goes on, Ricky Tiedemann's going to be an uh, an option that increases as well in terms of availability. So that's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. But in a perfect world, you don't even need to make changes like that. You have Barrios and Kikuchi pretty much performing well uh, in that five-man rotation. But of course, it's probably going to be, you know, you have to build up your depth and you have to be, I guess, prepared for something to happen. But you just need these guys in terms of step one to perform. So that's why I'm glad that Barrios and Kikuchi ended off their springs on a good note, I think they'll probably get one more start here next week before the season starts. And um, basically, other than that, you ha- you gotta you gotta feel good heading into the regular season with both of those guys because those are the two wild cards this year in this rotation, and those are the two guys who are very important to performing this year, especially a guy like Jose Barrios. Yeah, I think that's the other side of the coin. Like, as much as I might be pessimistic about the Blue Jays' depth, like you look at last year, they won ninety-two games with Yusei Kikuchi 
pitching terribly, with Jose Brios pitching terribly, and then with losing Hinjin Ryu halfway through the season and having to put Mitch White in there and go with this kind of very weak fifth starter role. So if they can win 92 games in that scenario, having Yusei Kikuchi look as good as he has, you know, you mentioned Bryson, nine strikeouts, one walk in his last spring outing. Jose Brios looking maybe a little bit more shaky, but still looking relatively solid compared to what he did last year and especially compared to you know what happened in the WBC coming back and having a good outing in spring with the Blue Jays like if these guys are even a shadow of who they were in 2021 the Blue Jays are worlds ahead of where they were last season when they had those two guys not performing plus a combination of a lack of depth and the Ryu injury so that's the other side of the coin. That's the positive side of things. It just comes down to like, what's the standard of performance for where the Blue Jays want to be? Like, is having one of these guys go down and relying on a Mitch White or whoever, Zach Thompson in the fifth spot, like, is that good enough for where the Blue Jays want to be? I think it might be. Like, I think in case of injury, that depth, it might be. Like, this is not a pitching team. So I think, Bryson, you've convinced me to the other side of things. I'm less pessimistic now about the Blue Jays' depth. Obviously, in an ideal world, you would want better solutions besides Zach Thompson and Drew Hutchinson and Trent Thornton and Mitch White. But for where the Blue Jays are, for the type of team they've constructed, maybe it's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, at, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, I don't know how this team won that many games. Like, you look at it, like, they... Obviously, Ross Stripling was fantastic for them. I think... Chris Bassett's easily a, a not a not a replacement, but like, you know what I mean, like on par in terms of what he can do. If he not better, he's a workhorse. Yeah, yeah, I think he's. What is? It? I feel like somebody said he has like twelve pitches or some ridiculous number. Like I think so, it's he's eight. Yeah, eight, yeah. So he, okay, it's I don't know where I heard twelve, but anyways, yeah, he's he's a guy that'll uh, I think do a lot for this team, and, and obviously Gosman and, and Manoa truly put their A game out everywhere or every time. I really do think that the depth is not there necessarily, but I don't think it's going to be that huge of an issue. I, th- I think that the rotation is going to be great. And mostly these guys have not missed. Most of them have not missed a ton of time. So it, if you can win 92 games with Barrios and Kikuchi having two of the worst qualifiable ERAs in the league, I think you're fine. If they are anything better, that's easily two or three extra wins. And that could be the difference between wild card and, and division who knows but anyways I, I'm not as nervous about it and we'll have to see that we'll, we'll have to see how it transpires but it's not for to anybody thinking oh Jesus like if somebody goes down they're they're screwed uh, that, that's not the case yeah it's just pretty much to sum it up a lot has to go right they're in a really good position for that to happen and the margin for error is low though like there, there can't be a lot like you can't be going basically with what happened last year and I think that's obviously very important to recognize the other thing too is I mean we, we spoke about it a little bit last year too Kevin Gosman was like one of the like most unlucky pitchers in baseball with batting average with balls in play you I don't know if there was any explanation for that other than maybe just a fluke and a very rare one to, to say the least like almost a zero percent chance that can be even replicated because of how one good of the, his stuff the was. the most unlucky seasons in baseball history by, it ha- it, by far by far so you, you have to feel good about that in terms of it's not going to be anywhere close to that last year because he got really unlucky last year Kevin Gosman so we know it we we talked about it at the top or at the beginning of the episode the expectations for him this year we we love Manoa we know Chris Bassett's going to go out there and eat tons of innings and be just a workhorse like I said when Jacob was talking 
and then Barrios and Kikuchi. You got to you have to feel optimistic about it. But of course, you have to also see it. I know there's you know I know they look good in the spring. We and we all we we know the obvious answer is that this has to translate to the season. So that's why starting them against the Royals, I think, is a good start for them in terms of getting the ground running or getting off the ground. And then other than that. You got. You just got to hope, and you know the thing with Brios too is now that you have Bassett, and of course your other two at the top, you can be a solid fourth starter. The expectations are a little bit lower. It's a pretty much a drastic change from last year, being the opening day starter, and all of a sudden you're fourth on the depth chart now. So that might, I assume that's going to help him in terms of not being so or the expectations just being lower. And you say Kikuchi's fighting right now for his job. So I mean, you think about it. If he's not pitching well, who knows what his future looks like? So. That's why I think that they've put themselves in a really good position uh, to succeed this year. But there's no question a lot of stuff have to go right. No question. All right. Well, we've got, what, four spring training games left and then a couple days off. And then the start of the regular season on March 30th against St. Louis. So that's Thursday, five days away. We'll be back here on Tuesday with our prediction episode. Keep your eyes out for that as we always anticipate it. One of the most anticipated episodes of the year. Best one of the year. Um, we'll be looking forward to that for sure. As always, you can find our podcast on social media. That's at Section138Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you go to the link in our bio on all those places or the link below this episode, you can find a link to join our Discord where we ask for mailbag questions like we did today. And of course, just enjoy baseball and talk about the games with each other. Um, We've also started a fantasy baseball league in the Discord, and we've got only a couple spots left. So if you head down, join the Discord, you can find the link to join the league there and become one of the 20 teams fighting for fantasy baseball supremacy against the host team, which is us three. So we're looking forward to that. Lots of exciting things happening. Five days left until opening day. We'll catch you next time.